1: Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, some 41, 30 Seconds from Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
2: David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damaschek Football
3: Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamaschek.nfl.com.
2: Now here's your host, Dave Damaschek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available, as always, on iTunes, Stitcher, and NFL.com slash Sheck. S-H-E-K, Sheck,
3: Sheck, Sheck.
2: Yeah, I'll start with that little tidbit. I said NFL.com slash Sheck. Handsome Hank tells me. The man, and he would know because he programs the homepage at NFL.com, tells me that you can still use NFL.com slash check. It just directs you to the podcast page where a lot of our audio and video stuff lands anyhow, so check it out there. Good show coming up. Nay, perhaps a great one because we are going to be joined momentarily here by Jarvis Landry going into his sophomore season for the Miami Dolphins. Meantime, we have a gnat in here. I'm trying to get it. There's a flea in Studio 66 at something less than maximum strength. We're now bug-infested, apparently. I don't know what gives here that I have to contend with fruit flies. How am I to do my job, Tommy Ty? I don't Behind know. the glass in for black tie once again. What else is new?
3: I don't know. I don't know. Flea's jumping at you. We're going to have to take doing? care of this. It's yeah. not my doing.
2: Well, I don't know about that. Let's talk to the man seated to my left, as usual, all the way from London, England. Oh, he's over the moon today, though, because he is our resident Miami Dolphins fan. Soon he'll be kibitzing with Jarvis Landry of his Dolphins. It's handsome Hank, everybody. He's
3: handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank. He's handsome, Hank.
2: Hello, handsome. How are you doing, Dave? I am very well indeed. What are you nervous in any way to talk to number 14?
3: I wouldn't say nervous. I I would say excited. I woke up, you know, early this morning, a little bit like Christmas Mm -hmm. and um, and, you know, you washed myself, especially carefully, all that kind of thing. It's pretty exciting.
2: Speaking of washing, you caused a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, minor little Twitter Mm -hmm. kerfuffle for me by pointing out on our most recent podcast that when we were visited by not one but two uh, Vereens, namely Shane Vereen, now of the New York Giants, and his younger brother Brock Vereen, both of whom proved to be positively delightful. They liked talking about action movie heroes. They talked about Tom Brady versus Eli Manning. A lot of good stuff that uh, they weighed in on. And, in fact, there's a video for you to go back and look at. While you're looking at that, see if you can detect what Handsome pointed out, which is that I got really sweaty.
3: If you can't detect it, there may be something wrong with your computer.
2: Well, at least you couldn't see the whole thing. I had on a pink shirt, and somehow the camera doesn't catch right. it. But, boy, I I soaked that thing through. I, well, really not did. the whole way, but the pits and everything. Well, everything. Because
3: it all met in the end. like the Like, you know, the Amazon is a series of small tributaries to begin with and then flows into a gigantic, massive water-soaked river, mm-hmm. and really that's what your shirt looked like afterwards. I realized that some of the tributaries, you know, the things that, that flowed into it came from your armpits or under your breasts or, or uh, your upper back. So you're saying he's got the Rio Negro coming from his That's pits. correct. Okay.
2: It wasn't good, whatever happened. It was man. not good. The video, though, is good, and it's an owed to the uh, Vereen brothers, and I encourage you, nay, demand that you go and check that out. But for now, let's put that in the rearview mirror as well as the ugliness that was uh, the – the, the woeful sweating that I did. It was a little, I got a little dewy, that's all. But today, let's hope for uh, for better conditions when Jarvis uh, when Landry pays us a visit here and uh, Handsome and I have some stuff prepared for him, so we're looking forward to that. Some, you know... I want Jarvis Landry, who had a good rookie season, to have a better sophomore season. Me you, too. You know how I am. I'm
3: on board it. with that.
2: And you know that I'm very good as an off-season trainer. I, yep. I, I, You know, I've done some good work in that field, helping pro football players be better versions of themselves by training them in the off-season. And so Jarvis Landry, I hope, will accept my offer to, uh, you know, my, mm-hmm. my tutelage over the uh, few minutes we have with them. In the meantime, handsome big news, um a big day on Wednesday in the NFL. Demarius Thomas, Des Bryant, Justin Houston, Dave Damashek all signed deals to stay in the NFL.
3: That well, what was of,
2: the biggest one to you?
3: To me, the biggest one was clearly the the Damaschek deal. Yeah. Uh, Also, coincidentally, from what I understand, and we're still, you know, sorting through numbers, but coincidentally, also the the uh, highest paying contract of the is that right?
2: I did, You know what? I I didn't want to check the numbers. I right. find that gauche. So I didn't well, check. I
3: think what happened, I mean, you know, there are a lot of people talking about collusion between the Broncos and Cowboys for those two receiver contracts. You know, but bizarrely, uh, Des Bryant and then Demarius Thomas got almost exactly the same numbers. What I'm hearing is that your agent then just jumped on the back and was like, well, you know, if those guys are getting five years, $40 million, that's what I want for my client. And Oh, contracts. is that all they got?
2: <laughs> well, I mean, good for them. They're good kids, I'm mm-hmm. sure. I, I, you know, um, hey in the meantime let's uh, before Jarvis rolls in here and that'll be in a matter of minutes I note a couple things we can talk about here I wanted to go through our pal at uh, over at the around the NFL um, show Mark Sessler, and uh, you know he does he makes fine pages for around the NFL at NFL.com he just put out his best backup QB. I saw,
3: yeah, that's an exciting piece of content. People love, you know what, it's funny, we could, I was talking to Mark and, and to his colleague Greg Rosenthal this morning, we could put out the top, you know, one through 32, the best safeties or linebackers. You know, you'd have a, a, a list with Luke keekley in or mm-hmm. with Earl Thomas in or whatever. Like, that. People love a list of backup
2: quarterbacks ranking them one through 32. It's a funny thing, too, that, you know, isn't it, as we approach Super Bowl 50, it it's insane that it's never in the middle of a super bowl a starting quarterback hasn't gotten hurt and suddenly hey the backup has to go and save the day i mean i guess the closest i can think of was in super bowl 10 in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. Terry Bradshaw throws what proved to be the game-winning touchdown pass on a bomb to Lynn Swan, and he got concussed as he released the ball. So Mike Kruzek had to come in, the backup, right. and finish the game, but all he had to do was hand off because the Steelers were in the lead. But it, it, it is, you know, you obviously if you watch football, you know quarterbacks like anybody else get hurt. It's remarkable that that hasn't happened in a Super Bowl. Maybe this is the year though.
3: Maybe it is. I'm trying to think cuz has a quarterback being yanked as well? I th- did did Steve Grogan come in for Tony Eason in Super Bowl 20. I have a Yeah, feeling that, that
2: happened. That and then um Craig Morton got sat down yep. in Super Bowl XII for the uh, for the Denver Broncos against the Cowboys. I don't remember the backup's name. I remember he wore number 14 and, and I had a beard. Frank,
3: I think Frank Reich may have come in and played some of one Probably of Bill's at the end Super Bowl of a game. losses, but I think that was more just to save Jim Kelly's blushes more than anything else.
2: And had... Well, there was a couple of years ago. Well, would Brett Favre have played in that Viking Super Bowl had they survived that overtime? There was word that he would have had to sit that one out, I think. Yep. Wasn't well, where who am I thinking of? Who recently wouldn't have been able well, Aaron, to play? Aaron Rodgers would have
3: been a big question mark if the Packers had won remember, oh, right. remember his, that's, his that's what his, I'm thinking calf. of. Right. Was, was hurt again in that Seahawks game and, and ultimately the one that they lost. And so there, I'm sure there would have been over that two weeks, just like we do every year with the Super Bowl, there's always some kind of part of a player's anatomy that, we're fo- that, that the world's media is focused on. Aaron Rodgers' calf would have been the thing.
2: His cough and calf. Uh, and Sorry, uh, calf. and Jay Cutler would have missed that Super Bowl if they would have survived against the Packers. Then we'd have got the, the joy of Caleb Haney. Stuff. I know Caleb Haney, a starting quarterback in the Super Bowl, would have been uh, would have been terrific stuff. Um, so all right, so that all that leads us to then, handsome Mark Sessler's ratings here one through 32. Ranking, mm-hmm. how do you feel about this at number one? Mark Sanchez?
3: Well, I I guess... The best backup in the NFL? Well, look, first of all, Mark Sessler's hedges bets because I actually believe that Mark Sanchez will wind up being the Eagles' starting quarterback, at least to, at least to begin this season. Do you really? I really do.
2: Because why? Because Bradford, I don't think Bradford be will right. be healthy,
3: hmm. um, and I don't think he'll be able to... I think Sanchez will have spent enough time in that offense, obviously, with being there last year, that, that um, he'll get the start. I also think it's a lot easier for Chip Kelly to... Um, yank um, Sanchez and put in Sam Bradford, than it would be for him to take Sam Bradford out and put him up.
2: I think that's a weird and I don't get the sense that Chip Kelly cares a great deal about what it means in PR from a PR standpoint. But if he doesn't start the guy who he basically swapped for Nick Foles, that's a pretty weird. Well, he didn't think a whole
3: lot of Nick Foles because he swapped him. So I'm not sure that the, the fact that he swapped him for Nick Foles means a whole lot. I'm but so- uh, regardless I think that Sa- if it was if Sanchez ends up being the starter and Sam Bradford is the backup then I think he's the best one on the list. I think the Eagles do have they've got 1A and 1B basically.
2: What do you make of at number 2 he goes Mike Glenn for the Bucks. I'm surprised Mike Glenn is still a Buccaneer as a matter of fact.
3: That's true. Uh I don't know I mean we Mike Glennon's one of those quarterbacks. He has that sort of Ryan Mallett from a couple of years ago, and I know that you're a big Ryan Mallett fan. Yes, so I, I am. Take this the wrong way, but Ryan Mallett from a couple of years ago was, and this is true of backup quarterbacks through the years, is they're the great unknown, and therefore you know you can project whatever you want to on on people. Mike Glennon is, I'm sure, it would would do fine, but I don't know that he's going to be a world beater.
2: Well, with the exception of Mark Sanchez, who was what the fifth overall pick way back when, or sixth That's overall, correct. um. The Ryan Mallet could have been a first round draft pick. He had first round talent at least. And yet Jimmy Garoppolo slots as number four, a guy who we've barely seen. Talk about the ultimate confidence that Belichick, anybody who plays for Belichick gets. I mean, this is an indication of that. Jimmy Garoppolo is the fourth best backup quarterback, sight unseen. And I, I'm not indicting Sessler. I think a lot of people just assume that right. he's going to come out and do well. And I guess I have to admit I'm one of those people. I think I, I don't think they're going <laughs> to miss a great deal. Uh... I think they'll
3: be fine. But, I mean, look, that team, well, we've, we've talked about it already, and 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 you've said it yourself because since you've – Pick the Dolphins to win the division. That that team is is has its has some issues, and one of those issues is going to be at receiver and at running back. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be asked to do a lot.
2: Um, they uh, they so they Mark Sessler I should say has at the bottom of his list Blaine Gabbert. Is thirty two. I think Mm -hmm. that's a hard one. I think that's yeah. Although in terms of pedigree, he's another first round draft pick. And speaking of first round draft picks, at thirty one, Johnny Football. This is the Browns fan coming out in Mark Sessler. He doesn't. He's he's become such a pessimist over the years that now he already has Johnny Football, who a year ago, you know, less than a year ago, to Mark Sessler and Browns fans was the future, and now he's been relegated to second from last among backup QBs. Yeah,
3: that's not a good thing.
2: Um, who's your guy now, Matt, Matt, Shaw, Matt, Matt Moore, Matt
3: Moore has been the backup quarterback there for a while. And I think is, is probably one of those guys, you know, there are backups who have the promise, the, the Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, um, uh, you know those types who who we just project well he 's in that system he 'll be good matt moore 's done it in the n f l he 's been a starter he's he 's filled in he 's a perfectly he's he 's exactly what you want as a backup
0: quarterback.
2: he also has listed and he has them one through thirty two but within that he has little names over the uh the little sections of them and uh twenty through thirty he refers to as just dudes. And I, what is just a dude about, uh, about some of these names? Like, uh, he has, well, Jimmy Clawson is just a dude. All right. I think mm-hmm. that one's fair, but he has Brock Osweiler, Jimmy Garoppolo is fourth, but Brock Osweiler, who was considered at least if the rumors are true, that the Broncos at least gave some thought. I mean, this guy was a second round draft pick supposed to be a, a stud. I think he's in an interesting guy. And I think we're going to see him at some point this year. I think we're going to see I Bro- think, well, Yeah, I think that's very likely. Um, so interesting stuff. And then he has Matt Hasselbeck at 14, Christian Ponder down there at 15. And it's interesting to go through this. L- excuse me, goes through this list because some of the names on there I'm a little surprised about to see that they're there. I didn't remember that Christian Ponder went to the Raiders.
3: He did, yeah. He went to the Raiders. And look, it's funnily enough, I spoke with Cecily yesterday about it. There's actually nothing that says that Christian Ponder is going to be the Raiders' backup. They have Matt McGloin, who was has uh, right. been a backup there for the last couple of years. Christian Ponder is no guarantee to to win the second-string spot there.
2: So I guess the way to look at this list overall is, if you're if you needed a quarterback and these guys were free agents, which would you most want? Is Mark Sanchez really the choice you would make? I mean Ryan Fitzpatrick. I you know Is it I, the choice
3: I would make? No. Yes. Is it the choice I would make? No. I think I would probably be more inclined to go with someone who has Who's the Garoppolo type that we don't know about, rather than knowing the ceiling of a of a Mark Sanchez or a Ryan Fitzpatrick? But that's just me. But I think NFL coaches, who, as you said, are a conservative breed, they want to go with the guy that they have seen it do, seen do it before.
2: Yeah, I like you know. Yeah, I go for young talent over mediocre veteran Mm -hmm. experience. That means less to me. I like. uh, I, I. So I would take. Mallet and I would take Mike Glennon or Brock Osweiler before I would go with uh Bruce Gradkowski. We know what Bruce Gradkowski is and yes. it's uh and it's mediocre. It's not pretty. How
3: about Brandon whedon He's on the list somewhere there, isn't he?
2: Well, you know, that's another discussion that we've had is so who would suffer the biggest drop off from their starter if they lost him? Who I mean, all almost all NFL teams are doomed if they lose their starting QB.
3: What who would have the biggest drop off?
2: Well, the I don't Cowboys? even know who
3: the Packers' backup quarterback on there is, but that's my answer.
2: That's a great, yeah. Who because is the I Packers' it, backup here? Oh, Bra- uh, Scott Tolzien.
3: <laughs> that's there, your answer then. Aaron Rodgers to Scott Tolzien is a long, long fall.
2: Um, yeah. Well, brand. Uh, yeah, I think Brandon Whedon could hang a little bit better. Oh yeah, no, I, Brandon
3: Weeden. Brandon Weeden's fine, but I mean, you know, from from one from the best quarterback in the game today and one of the best of all time. Down to Scott Tolzien, that's a precipitous drop.
2: Um, All right, so now the other thing I wanted to discuss, also referring to something uh, from the Around the League fellas, Dan Hanzoos has out right now his most cursed franchises. Yeah, the the, pain rankings. The pain rankings, one through six, I believe they go. I think they're
3: going one through seven. One through seven. Yeah, I can exclusively reveal.
2: Um, But we don't know. We can't tip who number one is yet.
3: Well, I do know, but I won't tip it.
2: Who to you, handsome, is the franchise that you would least like to be a for? Who do you think is the most painful? Is there, it gets to that philosophical question: Would you rather go deep into the playoffs and have your heart broken, or would you rather be zero and seven and know that you have no chance?
3: Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, the answer to your question for me is the is the Detroit Lions. Who he is featuring actually today's today? You
2: think the Lions are the worst
3: team? to I think be a the, fan of. I think the Lions have. Uh, their history is is as bad as as it gets.
2: Really, but they haven't suffered any. You know, there aren't any.
3: But that's the point. There's nothing memorable. They've got an O sixteen season. Yeah, they've they. Ha- I don't think they've won. Which a... you
2: never can wash off. You know, you, That that O sixteen is is one of those things that no matter what greatness you achieve after, that always is. That there. will be there with you. Forever. That's right. So the New York Yankees are the only major league team to ever blow a 3-0 lead you don't know you can win a whole bunch of other stuff but it never erases that and
3: the other thing is that those those lions players of what was it 2008 nine those players aren't popping champagne when the when the last defeated team wins <laughs> a game.
2: I, I I mean, I hear you. It's a, it's an interesting point. The Vikings, though, have had a few eras, and I think people will pass them over for maybe the Browns. Oh, I bet the Browns mm-hmm. will be one or two. They haven't come up yet on Hanzo. The
3: Browns event. haven't come up yet.
2: So they'll be up near the top. But the Vikings should be because they've had several eras of being really good. They played in 3 Super Bowls in the and the yeah in the I guess 71 was their first Super Bowl. Uh they lose 3 of them though. They lose to Pittsburgh, Oakland and Kansas Miami. City. And oh, Miami. and Miami, right? So they, they lost four. four, right? They lost four, right? Then they have the fifteen and one team with the Gary Anderson kick. Tommy Kramer had some good teams. Brett Favre got them to overtime of the NFC title game. I think that's a pretty. I mean, I see that I covers that covers the decades.
3: But I find But then, but they've had success. Like if you're a fan, remember what we're, what we what Dan's looking at here is. The pain that a fan's had to go through, and yes, I understand that losing in overtime in an NFC Championship game, losing a Super Bowl, losing like they did um, when Gary Anderson missed the field goal, those are all painful moments, but the build-up to, to that moment was victory, victory, excitement,
0: yay, go no, team. That's, but the that's Detroit a dull
3: Lions.
2: pain. You're talk, no, what you're, yeah, the Detroit Lions are a dull pain. Oh, uh, to football season again. Shoulder shrug. What else are we? Uh, I guess they're not going to be any good. Same it, old Lions is one thing. It's another thing to be sitting at Thanksgiving and saying, like, I think this might be the year. You know? The, and then at Christmas, hey, we're in the playoffs. We won the NFC Central once again. And then to get to January, you lose to the Dallas Cowboys or whatever. And then it's January, and it's you're in the Twin Cities, and it's minus 11 degrees outside. And you think, well, now I have nothing to keep me warm until until sun breaks through but the, in four months.
3: But you're saying that that feeling that's the work. highs that you had at Thanksgiving and Christmas—is worse than being living in Detroit and 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 following a Lions team, which has—I think—it hasn't won a playoff game in in something like twenty years.
2: I know, but again, it's a, it's a, that's a dull pain versus that that the the sharp pain of of. I think we're going to do it, and then having your hopes dashed—you don't want to be able to see the peak of the mountain and then get knocked down the hill, dude. Well, at
3: least Detroit has the Red Wings; they're they're the title town of hockey.
2: I well, I hear you, Tommy Ty, but that is well. First of all, that's a re, a fairly recent phenomenon, I guess, only the last fifteen or twenty years. But that's neither. <laughs> he, well, I mean, it, 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 there is something to be said for what you're saying. Right? Is that, is that at least at the year, very least they the have something
0: to get them through the winter.
2: Right. And yeah, and they have and they have the Pistons and so they just turned the page. Well, the Lions were done back in early October. I've been focused on Pistons and uh and Red Wings, the the poor people up in Minnesota. What are they supposed to do? The T-Wolves? I mean, come on. The the Wild? I don't know. So I would go Browns
3: you know who else is on? I believe is coming up is the Chargers. I think that's an interesting one because they have a they're a little more like the Vikings, but perhaps huh. without even maybe they're a better choice for you if you if that's the direction you're going in because they've had some of the highs, but they haven't actually made it to the Super Bowl. So they had those Schottenheimer seasons where they went thirteen and three and fourteen and two, and then and then you know lost in heartbreaking moments or actually sometimes right. in, in very just. Form, you know, formatted kind of the Patriots just come into town and stomp on them.
2: And like we've um, talked about, in the late 70s and early 80s, there were two seasons where they were the best team right. in the AFC and they were always a contender. They never even got so much as to a Super Bowl. They never got – Air Coriel, that era is uh, – for uh, for a team is – I mean, they were revolutionary – and teams mimicked what they were doing, and they were like I say, the afc's bully, and yet they never got over the humps
3: so. and then and then when they did That's go to the one. super Bowl they, they, they you know which was actually unexpected they weren't at no point then were they the favorites in the aFC and they went with a team which had you know not a whole lot of that was talent on there that was and vile. then when they got there, they got I mean, it was a it was an awful display.
2: Yeah, arguably the worst, I think performance the worst in a Super Bowl uh, that I've ever seen. And and that includes the one by the Patriots against the Bears in eighty five. All right, so is he coming in there, uh coming in there, fellows behind the glass? All right, here he comes, everybody. Get yourself ready, handsome Hank. Emotionally <sighs> and otherwise. This is here exciting. He comes number fourteen, Jarvis Juice Landry.
0: Dave
2: Damus. All right, here we are in Studio 66, and it's good times indeed. First of all, we say hello to my man. Over here to my far left, he is from London, England, but more importantly today, he is our resident Miami Dolphins fan. How you feeling, handsome Hank?
3: I am very excited. Jarvis Landry sitting right next to me.
2: Wait a second, he is. He is. That, that is him, as a matter of fact. Number 14 from the Miami Dolphins going into his sophomore season after an impressive rookie season. Jarvis Landry, or should I call you Juice, what's the poop, fella?
4: Oh, man, thanks for having me on.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure to see you. Your hair's looking strong. You're fresh off uh, your ESPYs visit. How was that? Good that was times?
4: Amazing. It was amazing. It was amazing to see some of the athletes, the world's best, You know, and just have a night, you know, that was just for us, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, see people celebrate, you know, dress up, show their best. And uh, I think it was a good experience for me.
2: Well, the reason I bring it up is because every football player, every professional athlete doesn't get to go to things like that. You have to distinguish yourself. Now, the question I have for you before we go any further, Jarvis, I hope this isn't just a social call, I'd like it to be a professional one as well. Are you content with where Jarvis Landry finished or do you want to be better?
4: Um uh, man for me I'm never content. You know, I'm in a always in a constant battle with myself, always trying to um you know, not, I don't want to say you know really prove anything to anybody else, but you know at the same time just you know, never let success define me. Just continue to you know change the standard, change the definition of what success means to me. Um, and continue to raise the standard, the bar. And I think that that's one of the things that drives me, and that's one of the things that people see with my passion and with my energy on the mm-hmm. field. You know, that's that's what the juice is.
2: You know? I like it. You know what? I think we're on the same page, all of us then. I'm glad that that's your answer because over the next few minutes, I'd like to mentor you. I'd like to push you to be a better Juice Landry in 2015. We might go through some hell, but when we come through on the other side, I think you're going to be a better Jarvis Landry. I'm up for it. All right, cool. So one of the things that uh, we have to work on is your focus. You know, we want we want you to, you know, be able to do it in the clutch when it counts. It's not just about catching the pigskin, you know. It's about catching other valuable stuff, like, for instance, a lit candle. <laughs> All right. See, you pass. the He's first He's got test it. There. Focus. Okay. So now we're rolling. Now we're going. Handsome Hank, why don't you ask some questions here if you have anything on your mind. One thing I'd like to show you, though, is, you know, you mentioned Odell Beckham as you were were walking in here. Of course, you two are closely connected, not just from the LSU days, but because you guys like to trade one-hand catches here. ODB got maybe a hair more attention because he made that one catch, but Jarvis Landry, at the end of our little conversation here in our little drill session, maybe you come out the uh come out ahead of that.
4: Well, we will see. We're definitely challenging each other right now. We we kind of working on our um on our pregame, our pregame, pregame ritual for that.
2: Oh, is uh, that right? So, How so specifically?
4: Uh, you know, uh just just work kind of got out, got around that, you know, we we're going to do yeah. something big for the Monday night football and of course he's always done his pregame thing and uh, so we'll we'll put something together for everybody.
2: Handsome, what would you like to know? You're the resident Miami right. Dolphins fan. What sort of information do you need from number 14? Well, so
3: I, During your rookie season, there must have been one moment when you've you you know you've come from college. Was there a moment where you're like, wow, I'm in the NFL, and so you were lined up against Darrell Revis, or you saw Tom Brady on the other side of the field. What was the moment where, where you, it suddenly struck you, like, I've made it, I'm in the NFL?
4: Man, I think, you know, um, yeah, every week for me um, was kind of like, Wow. You know, like you said, going against Darrell mm-hmm. Revis, you know, but I think my first experience was being at practice and seeing Cameron Wake, who's all of 260, 270, uh, look like a monster freak, running me down from the back, you know, after Dang. I caught a pass and thinking like, wait, I can't make that move. I just got to go, you know, so just seeing how the, the game speed, you know, the caliber of players. You know, and the guys around this league that that's helping evolve, you know, what NFL players are. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that was kind of my eye opener.
2: Well, first thing, Jarvis, shuttlecock. Oh, there you go. Oh, very good, that's very good. good. Mm-hmm. Secondly, what is that like to look? I mean, you're you know you're you've made it to pro football and all that, but it must be. Is there a little bit of intimidation? You look across the sideline and say. That's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Isn't it, there's got to be some mystique with that team in particular. No. Uh I th-
4: I think it's a, you know, it's one of those salute things, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I respect what you do, but you know, today is our day. Today is, you know, it's about the Dolphins, you know, it's about
2: I guess the first game was, you played was was, was right, your day, you beat them yeah, in week 1 last year. That's
4: what it is about. You know, I think, you know, I think when you think about guys like Tom Brady, you know, Bill Belichick, you know, when you say those names, you, they feed off competition. Mm-hmm. They feed off winning in big games, the clutch games, And that's kind of one of the things personally I take into myself, you know, being able to step up when it's right, you know, make the consistent plays, but also, you know, feed off competition, let that drive me to be better.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Blue Frog! <laughs> oh. No a flies blue frog on you. Makes, blue
3: frog makes a difference.
2: Handsome, right? anything else you yeah, need so, to know for Dolphins Nation? So
3: year two, it's kind of interesting how you're going to go in just in your second season, but you kind of are going to be the most senior receiver in the room. You've got Greg Jennings, you've got Kenny Stills, you've got Devontae Parker. What are you going to be able to share with them about the, the offense that you've played a year in to help them? And then how can they help you get better as well?
4: Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, for me, being able to, to to know the coaching staff, you know, know Coach Laser, know my position coaching, Coach O'Keefe and Coach uh, McGagan, and just have the opportunity to, you know, just kind of know how they work, how they operate you know, and be able to share that with Greg, who's coming from a different offense, you know, being able to help them with the offense and Greg being able to, you know, mentor me, you know, tell me how he's played nine nine years, you know, and, you know, allow me to help me be a pro um, and just trade knowledge. I think that that's the biggest thing that, helps groups, helps, you know, any team, you know, get better and get to the next level. It's just being able to trade knowledge and help each other out. I think
3: that that's the biggest
4: thing.
2: Let me tell you something. That Greg Jennings is uh is a lot of fun. I think you two are gonna have a good time. He's coming
3: here him. tomorrow, I believe.
2: Is that right? That's right, yeah. Oh, I look forward to seeing him. Here's another part of uh of our drills that we're gonna go through here. You need to have a steady hand and I don't think there's any greater test for humanity of having a steady hand than Operation. Have you ever played Operation? I've
4: never played Operation.
2: You're you're familiar with the game. I'm
4: familiar with the game. Okay, all
2: right. Go ahead. I want you to you know what you want. I want you to go there. Get the heart there because yeah. that's what every time you make a big catch, that's what you do. You take your opponent's heart. That's not, oh, oh! I think I got. He did. it. it. Got it. And he's still alive. This is impressive. This is really doing this is doing <laughs> some good work there. You're really you're very good at this and, and, and the only thing else I would really say off of that is uh is, is this Jarvis Landry. Loose change Whoa. How much did he come up with there? I think you came up with like you came up with four coins, I threw five right, at you. I got it. It is right here. It's I caught him. He got it. <laughs> That's gamesmanship. The official will catch that on the instant replay. Handsome. Any other I've questions? I got another one.
3: So, you're going you went to London last year. I'm from London. I don't know if you knew, noticed that. And you're going back again this year. Can you do a British accent for me?
4: Um a British accent. Um Yeah, I can do a little bit. Um I don't even know what to say.
3: uh, How about uh, I'm excited to be playing in London?
4: Today's
2: not your day, Darrell Revis.
3: Today's not your day, Darrell Revis. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea for when you're playing
4: against (laughs) the Jets. against.
2: It'll freak them out. Why are you talking like that? (laughs) (laughs)
0: It's
2: a good idea. It it. would be jarring. Human baby! No, we can't. Well done. done. Careful of the baby. (laughs) I want to make it clear that that is not, in fact, a living human baby. But I did
4: look like a natural, though, right? <laughs>
2: was, you were very tender with that. I hope the ladies out there are watching. i I'm very impressed by that. Now, friends. we talk about Odell Beckham. Uh, and and uh, listen, I talked to Honey Badger about this. I've talked to every LSU Tiger that's, uh, that I've been in the company with. Answer me this. Take, I want you to see something here. This is LSU. You were on this team. There's Zach Mettenberger. He started in the NFL last year. Give me that picture back here. Zach Mettenberger started in the NFL. Jeremy Hill, gangbusters rookie season. Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. number 14. There's Lael Collins, who should have been a first-round draft pick Absolutely. overall. Absolutely. Answer me this. How did you lose any games, let alone? <laughs> why, why did you score 278 points every game? Look at that team. What happened?
4: I knew that was coming, but, uh, man, I don't know. You know, sometimes when, you know, you think you have all the pieces, you know, just a lot of things don't go.
2: All right, that excuses one game in Tuscaloosa against Alabama. What happened against the other teams?
4: Turnovers, man. <laughs> Turnovers.
2: It's the hat. Do you want to blame the hat? No, go ahead, blame never. Les
4: Miles if never. you want. One of the greatest coaches that I've ever played for. You enjoy him. I love him.
2: Really, Love he's him. a fun guy. Yeah, he seems it. Now you play for Joe Philbin, who seems like a very nice man. He really seems like a a, a very sort of thoughtful fella. I uh, the transition from Les Miles eating the grass and all that stuff <laughs> to Joe Philbin though must be a pretty severe difference. Is that uh, is that accurate? Uh,
4: it, it's it's definitely very very different. I mean, if you know Coach Miles, you know his humor is kind of kind of out there a little bit, you know, and. and you know, Coach Philbin is a little bit monotone, a little bit you know, he's the same guy, same person, you know. Um but you know, both guys, you know, both coaches uh great coaches, um, great families and I think they do a great they both that's what I I can say. They both did, you know, brought the family feel to the, the team. They both kinda do that and I
2: like that. Do you do a coach Philbin impression? I can't do it. <laughs> I can't You know what I'd like to see is Joe Philbin with your hair. That would be an interesting interesting look. That would be good. I'd also like to see this. Rocket ship! All right. I mean, you know, I don't know what else I can do to test you on this one. Answer me this, though, real quick, handsome. Hand me those. uh, They're two Dolphins helmets. Okay. I'd like to see if maybe Jarvis has any opinion on this. I mean, there's something. I used to always say, Jarvis, look, here was the thing. The Dolphin on the Miami Dolphins hat wears a football helmet. You know, he's a football-playing dolphin. Right. But here's what's weird. He doesn't play for the Dolphins. And so look, this, this is what the Dolphins' hat looks like. He plays for some team that wears an M on the side of its hat. You see? Now, you can't be too picky because how many Dolphins in the world play football. Right. So I always was bothered by that until I saw this. Now, this new dolphin, he doesn't wear a helmet. Aren't we concerned about his safety? <sighs>
4: I think he looks more dangerous, though. He looks more fierce. This one, yeah, he like, so. This one's kind of like, smiling, like, yeah. like he's in a show. This one's like he's hungry. Mm-hmm.
2: He's, he's, hungry. <laughs> he's gonna. I don't tongue get tongue. hungry
4: <laughs> off
3: of
2: this. I don't. <laughs> he's hungry.
3: Well, that's,
2: I'm worried about, that's about what's, what's gonna,
3: gonna happen. happen. That one's going. not hungry. That yeah. one's a fat dolphin. Yeah. That's what Jarvis is trying to say. He's being polite. That dolphin yeah. will be caught from behind. Yeah. This oh. this dolphin. No one's catching that dolphin.
2: Who signed this hat?
3: Tony Sperano signed it for me. It's one of the few Tony Sperano signed <laughs> Dolphins helmets out there.
2: Jarvis Landry, last question. 2015, yeah, I got the Patriots, you got the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Who would win in a fight if a Dolphin, a Jet, a Patriot, and a Bill, which is Buffalo Bill? Who would win that fight? Isn't that weird, too, that the Buffalo Bills named their football team after the man who tried to kill all the Buffalo? Isn't that weird? Their logo is of a buffalo and then their team name is the guy who tried to kill all those buffalo. It's weird, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. Who would win that fight though? Uh I'll say us. If it's in the sea. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be in the sea? Uh, well yeah. I, I, that's a good exactly. question. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah. It's a well the question. jet
3: the jet doesn't doesn't survive in the sea. Exactly, so they're out.
2: Can I tell you something, Jarvis? What? Before you go? Tell me. I want to tell you I, I'm impressed by you. You handled – you went through the crucible that was my training drills here. You caught everything save one penny there. Otherwise, you you were nice to Handsome Hank. His annoying, silly questions you handled with a plum. <laughs> All this amounts to, to one thing. I, I got great news for you. I've decided it. The 2015 AFC East champions are going to be the Miami Dolphins. Largely owed to number 14. I think you're going to be a better you after what we've just gone through. Absolutely. And so, too, are the Miami Dolphins. What do you think of that? Is that? It? Did I get it right there? Are those standings accurate? That looks great to me. All right. That looks great to me. Look who's there at one and five. Darrell Rivas' Jets after you smoke them twice, probably. In London. That's right. Mm-hmm.
3: Week four. I'll see you there.
2: Yeah. A little English accent, too. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Work on your Philbin accent. That's the one thing we got to do. And we also got to co- got to come up with a better song. The Miami Dolphins. What up Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins number 1. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Dolphin. Dolphin. How about an Englishman then? Go ahead. You real quick before you go. Cook something up, an Englishman All right. and Jarvis Landry. Do it, Juice. So, are we singing? Or am We're, i just be by? I want you th- I want you two to together. work something out. Work something out. Do it. I'm, I'm a Steelers guy. It wouldn't be right for me to sing a Dolphins song. <laughs> Too late.
3: Um, <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, number one. That, it done. That it works.
2: We should have quit. Uh, yeah, we probably should have. No, it's all right, though. We...
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I kid. Listen, Jarvis Landry, you're a delight. Uh, stay healthy and uh, cook up something good. We're going to be watching. I can't wait to see what happens when you take on Odell Beckham. And I say this year. Let this LSU Tiger get all the headlines, right?
4: We'll make it happen, baby.
2: Looking forward to it. All right, there he goes. The great Jarvis Landry. Handsome, give him a hug.
4: I don't know about a hug. Just an awkward hug. Like an old friend. Yeah, it's
2: all good. (laughs) It's all good. All right, there we go. The great Jarvis Landry, everybody.
3: Oh, yeah. You're listening to Dave Damashek. Well, that's that,
2: Handsome. How are you? That was pretty exciting, Dave.
3: Thank you very much for letting you know one small part of my dreams come true.
2: He said on his way out of the studio, he said, "I'll see you in London." Yeah, right?
3: I think I think I think he
2: even said it legitimately. I think he tried to do it in an English accent. "See you in London," right? I think he did I think say he it. Did. Was
3: that what that was? I think I that's think what right. he was trying no, to no, do. That now that you
2: say it, but your song is emblazoned into my brain for all of time. Yeah. That's for sure. Hey, he really did. I threw about. 67 cents at him and he caught all but a dime I think.
3: He threw he dropped a quarter.
2: Is that what so it was? So in
3: change he dropped more than he caught but at the same time in coins he caught more than he
2: dropped. So he did successfully catch a rocket, a human baby, a blue frog, a blue frog and a shuttlecock and
3: a pretend candle.
2: Yes. Where did you get your pretend candle from? Don't worry about where I get my stuff from. And he also never played Operation and yet successfully extracted the heart, just as he shall do over and over again in 2015. That's right. If the football gods uh, favor him. I mean, what's up, guys? This upcoming season. Whoa, yes, what's black tie. You want to? You're back in now. What yeah, I was, I was in for the video. It's very video. jarring for the audience that they hear Black Tie's voice and then they hear Tommy Tie's voice and they hear Black Tie's voice.
4: Well, you know, the more and more we do and the more videos and guests we have in here, we have to set things up. So that's why we have a team back here. And it's not just me anymore. So all you right. know, Sean, to you know, Brandon McGinnis. You know, we uh, we all get we get the job done. But great stuff from Hank. Great stuff from Jarvis. Good stuff from you, Shaq.
2: I don't know what that's supposed to mean. Why did one I of Dave's throws in some was some way?
3: Uh, no, it was totally fine. You know,
2: it's good stuff. One of your
3: throws was a little wild. Yeah, I a think little he wild. can rely on the rocket. I think he can rely on Tannehill to hit him. You know, closer to the numbers and hands than, yeah. than the rocket, he still made the catch. And but he threw too many coins at him.
2: You know what? Maybe I like best about the entire thing was when I showed him the standings for 2015 AFC East that his team sat atop the division. He. His reaction was, yeah, "That's right, of course, of course, that's the case." Mm-hmm. He didn't say, "Wow, thank you know." No, yes, I agree. Basically, I like that confidence, and I it it only further entrenches my opinion that that team is indeed going to win the division. You know what we didn't ask him about though, handsome. You touched on it a little bit. Was uh, Devonte Parker? I'm curious mm-hmm. to know if there's much to really report on the guy who's got a bad foot, but I'm curious if you watch a lot of college football, if you watched Devonte Parker, especially with Teddy Bridgewater, I mean that the, the, he's going to be good. That's a really terrific duo that they suddenly have. And if they get some good health, out of uh, Jordan Cameron for once, I mean that finally uh, he has some real pass catchers right. there, along with the with the nice vet Greg Jennings
3: and Kenny Stills, who they traded for from from the Saints, as a deep threat. They got they got a lot of weapons. A
2: good going to be a fun line, team to watch. A good defense. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I'm not just saying that to Curry favor with you or with uh, Jarvis Landry. I really think that team's going to win the division this year. So congratulations again to the Miami Dolphins on their upcoming division crown. Thanks to Jarvis. Landry, Thanks to handsome Hank. I hope it was a good time for you and I hope there's some good pictures that come out of it. Thanks for your beautiful song. The new fight song. We'll have to send that off to the Dolphins. And
4: that Danis legitimately TV. was a video. So check it out on NFL.com and NFL now.
2: And the one we did with the uh, Vereen brothers earlier in the week. We'll be back next week with more Huey and Applesauce. In the meantime, thanks so much football fans. Thin Slice of Heaven.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring,